Welcome to the Hobby of a Lifestyle podcast, a show that looks at how our passions impact lives and drive career choices. I'm Andy Gray, a former national and world champion kickboxer. During my shows, I'll be talking with athletes, coaches, fans and more as I delve into their world to find out what inspired them on their journey. Welcome to episode 6 of Hobby of a Lifestyle. This week, I'm interviewing Kai Williams, professional basketball player for Newcastle Eagles. Let's get straight into his interview and find out more about his journey. So Kai, thank you very much for coming on Hobby of a Lifestyle today. How's how's life in Canada at the moment? Yeah, it's been uh, it's been really good. Um, it's been obviously very different, but um, with with the smaller area that I'm from, the pandemic hasn't affected us too largely or anything like that. So uh, so yeah, we've uh, kind of somewhat got back to normal life and get to do things like this. So it's, uh, it's everything's been good. Oh, that's fantastic. So obviously, Hobby of Lifestyle, we explore people's hobbies and how they've impacted their lives and what their career choices have been can you just tell all the listeners what is your career at the moment what is your profession uh so i'm a professional basketball player i've been playing professional basketball for the past 10 years i just finished my 10th season and i've been in a few different countries overseas so sweden cyprus france and most notably the uk for the for the last uh, few years Wow, that's amazing. So basketball is your, your passion. How old were you when you, when you first picked up a basketball? Um, I would say I was probably like five or six when I first picked up a basketball. My dad is, uh, is from New York, actually, so he's an American guy. Um, he obviously played basketball growing up and whatnot, and I first picked up a basketball when I was five or six because he played in the senior men's team and stuff wow. like that. So would you say at five or six year old, that was it, you were, you were hooked and basketball was your first sport that you loved? Um, I would say, well, basketball, I definitely didn't love it right away. Um, so we first started, played a bunch of different sports, played uh, what we obviously, what you guys call football, what we call soccer. Yeah. Played that first because I think that's just the easiest for kids to play, for parents, just throw them out on the, throw them out on the grass and <laughs> let them go. Um, so played that first and then played basketball, but I actually quit my first season, like halfway through the season. Really? I think I got fouled. I was playing in the co-ed league. I got fouled by a girl. I didn't like it. And I just said, <laughs> you know what? I was like, ah, basketball is not for me. And I think I walked <laughs> off the court right then. And then I, so I stopped playing for that year. And then the next year, I think I was six years old or maybe turning seven. And, um, and my parents were like, hey, like, you know, if you want to play basketball, you have to play for the whole year. You know, I have to commit to it. I was like, yeah, okay, I'll play. And then pretty much ever since then, I've been playing. And it's obviously I enjoyed it, turned into, and it eventually turned into a passion. But it was pretty just natural that I just enjoyed playing the game, enjoyed playing with my friends. Yeah. I went and watched my dad on the weekend. So it's something that, I guess, evolved over time and tr- truly turned into a passion. That's, yeah, that's great because we we've had guests on the show who literally, you know, I was speaking to a mutual friend, Ross, who said that kickboxing wasn't something that he fell in love with straight away, very much like you, it evolved over time and it became a passion, whereas I've had other people who just said the moment they touched the, touched the ball or the moment they did something, that was it, they fell in love with the sport, so it's really interesting to hear how that how that evolved. How old were you then, so you're saying it just became a passion, it evolved to become a passion, how old were you? I suppose, not only when it became a passion, but when you realized, actually, I'm really good at this sport. Um, maybe, like, maybe around, like, 11, 12, I started to notice that I was, like, one of the best, one of the better players, like, in my, in my group. 
So I wouldn't say that like at that age, I was heading clear the best or anything like that. But I think around that, I started realizing, you know, like I'm, yeah, I'm pretty good. I'm maybe close towards the top, I guess, of this group that I'm with. And so probably around then I realized that I was actually decent at it, pretty good. And then I started being able to play on more teams and travel to different cities and playing more tournaments. And it turned into where I was playing basketball, you know, a couple of days a week for practice and then going to a tournament every weekend. So I think around 11, 12 is when it took off where it was just my main sport. I didn't do anything else. That's amazing. So you've, you've concentrated, you've realized 11, 12 and, You've just said that, but you got to travel to different cities, and they, was that a, a bit of a motivating factor for you as well when playing basketball? That actually, not only am I good at something, but it's going to allow me to see certainly parts of my country as a young person, and potentially. And as you've said, you've had a ten-year career around the, around Europe. Was that something that motivated you when you were young? Um, I don't, I don't, wouldn't say that. It maybe necessarily like motivated me for the chance to see those places. I think I just really enjoyed hanging out with my teammates, like, uh, you know, and going to these places and whatnot. So I, I think that's what uh, maybe was like a passion or the driving factor behind it. But then as I got older, once I got into later on in high school, I started realizing, you know, I could, I could potentially play this, you know, maybe in university. And then my mother is British. And then we found out if I got a British passport, maybe I could go on and play professionally so I wouldn't say early on it was um, seeing all the different places was necessarily a motivating factor but definitely later on once I became once I was like getting you know older in high school I was I was starting to think think of what basketball as a vehicle could do for me for sure yeah so when you went to college did you end up going there on a scholarship for basketball I did yeah so I went to South Dakota State University which is uh, just 12 hours south of where I'm from in Regina, Saskatchewan. And I was able to get a full ride scholarship to go down there. What was that experience like going to college and having the full ride and knowing that your education was kind of sorted and, and paid for whilst also being able to play a, a sport that you love? Well, to be honest, it was, it was a pretty big like dream come true. I think probably around like, probably around 15, I started watching or I would always watch like the NCAA tournament and things like that. Yeah. And it was always my, I always wanted to be like, yeah, I would really like to play, you know, basketball in the States. And so it was a big dream come true. It was a huge relief, obviously, for our family because education in North America is pretty expensive. And yeah, um, yeah so it was, it was good. It was uh, definitely a dream come true. And I absolutely loved it. I mean, it was, I learned, I learned more. I learned tons, obviously, about basketball and things like that and, and getting better. But I think I just I learned more about myself by leaving and going so far away from home and kind of, you know, having to depend on myself. And mom and dad weren't just around the corner or anything. Yeah, like that. yeah. it's always ideal having mom and dad there, isn't it? It is, for sure. It is. We take it for granted so, so much. But once you, once you leave the, the house and you, you have to go and fend for yourself, it does become... You know, it's it's life, isn't it? And you and you really do. So you you moved away from home, and you know you're living the dream in the college. And you, you've said you learned. When was it through college? Because obviously, you, you know, you're doing education and, and you're working towards a degree and whatnot. When was it when you thought actually I I don't necessarily want to get a job. I want to I want my job to be professional basketball player. Was there any point during that college ride where you thought actually? Yeah, my education is very important. It's great to fall back on, but actually it's not something I want to pursue at the moment. Yeah, I think I think probably towards the end of my freshman year. So when I was 
yeah, only when I was probably 19. So I went to school when I was 18. And then at the end of my freshman year, I eventually turned 19. Um, and I was, I had a good freshman year. I think I, I kind of exceeded my expectations. I thought that I wasn't going to maybe do as well. I thought it was, um, I didn't know. I honestly, I had, I had these big aspirations, obviously, to go to the States and stuff like that. But I had a little bit of self-doubt. And I didn't know, I didn't know if I could technically hack it. I remember my first first practice or first training session I was thinking like what the hell did I get myself into and then but as the year progressed I did I did fairly well and um, I received a few awards and stuff like that and then I started thinking about you know this if I if I keep on improving this could eventually turn into something that would uh, last a little bit longer than four years of college so probably towards the end of my freshman year is when I started seriously considering it and kind of shifting my mind frame to but shifting my mind frame even more so to a very narrow focus of what I wanted to do when I graduated. That's fantastic. So you've you said, you know, freshman year, that's very much where the focus became. I want to do this as a professional. How far were you through college when teams started coming along and asking you or where you went out and started seeking that professional contract? Um, so it really honestly only happened once. Um once I played my last game. So like agents and teams can't talk to any college players because of like amateur rules and things okay. like that. But um, me and another teammate of mine, my roommate actually, um, my freshman year, Garrett Callahan, we were contacted by an agent, um, I think a week after our season ended and he came down and visited with us and just you know talked about different options and things like that. And then I took a few phone calls, I remember from a few other agents and had another meeting with once again Garrett and my a couple of my coaches sat in on it as well and we just talked about things and then eventually just went from there but I don't think I signed with an agent until until June once I got back to Canada and then uh, and then I had a contract in August of that wow. year and what was that like what was that experience like you know going from being a freshman uh, being a freshman in college and having this dream working your way through college playing basketball then all of a sudden wow, I'm, I'm being offered a contract to be a professional basketballer. You know, you've achieved your dream, what you set out from from a freshman year. Yeah, it went, uh, well, it went by so quick. It was unbelievable. Like from freshman, from freshman year to that first contract seemed like it flew by. But it was, um, yeah, it was good. It was, it was kind of a surreal moment, you know, just I didn't really, it honestly didn't fully sink in probably until I was actually on the plane. And then I was going through customs and people were asking me, what do you, what are you traveling for? What are you doing? And then when I started saying I'm going to like to play basketball and, you know, they'd be like, oh, are you going for a week? How long are you staying for? I was like, no, no, it's my job, you know, and the more I said it as I'm traveling, as I'm talking to people is when it like started to become more real, if that made sense. No, so it kind of took, took a little while for it to set in. Yeah, but you did. Where was your first professional contract? Which team and whereabouts? Uh, it was in France. It was in uh, two hours southwest of Paris in the lower valley. and I pronounce it Blua, but I don't know if it's pronounced like that. But it, it was in a city called Blua, B-L-O-I-S. And uh, yeah, it was, it was good. I was there from August till to May of 20, 2010 to 2011. So yeah, it was good. What was that experience like? So yeah, I know you've, you've been used to living away from home because you'd been in America. But what was it like moving to a European country that obviously don't speak English? It was uh, very tough. Like I don't, I, I, for the first, I think first, six months I didn't have a conversation with anybody outside of my teammates wow like so going to uh I was in a small town 
my teammates were great. You know, some of them spoke very good English, some of them not so much. There was only one guy on the team that I literally said hi and bye to. That was it. I couldn't talk to him other than that. Um, but yeah, it was tough. It was, um, it was, it was a different experience because I was young. I was yeah. only 20, 22. And everybody on the team was a little bit older. Some like the, my American teammate had a wife. Um, so he was with obviously hanging out with her all the time. Yeah, and he was a few years older than me. So we're kind of at different like stages, I guess, of our lives. And then some of my, a lot of my French teammates had kids and, and they were, so they had their own things going on. So it was, it was pretty, uh, pretty isolated at times, but I enjoyed it. It kind of just made me focus on basketball even more. And then, uh, and then I fell in love with uh, streaming shows and Netflix and things like that. So, okay. it, you know, I made the most of my time. No, that's amazing because it was going to be one of the questions I asked. How did you deal with that? Because I can imagine a lot of 22-year-olds think, yes, I'm riding high. I've got my first professional contract. I'm living the dream of being a professional basketballer. But actually, taking away from your comfort zone, going to a country where you don't speak the language, I'm, I'm positive that probably breaks a lot of people and almost goes, this isn't the, this isn't the life for me. I, I want to quit. But obviously, you've, you've showed the determination and the mentality is actually, it just made me immerse myself more into basketball um, and the culture there. So... Did you really immerse yourself in the culture? Did you try and learn the language when you were out there as well? Well, growing actually growing up in Canada, we learned French. So we, right. um, so I would try, like I would try to speak to my teammates. They try to speak to me, but it was kind of, in terms of like everyday public, I didn't. Um, I would try French every once in a while, but then people would look at me like I was crazy, and then I just divert back to obviously English. But no, I definitely tried. Um, where I was at, there was beautiful cathedrals and castles and stuff like that in the countryside. So there was some people associated with the team that were um, like fans or supporters that I became kind of close with. And they would be like, oh, we're going here this weekend. Do you want to come with us? And I would, I'd go off with them or another teammate of mine would tell me about a, like a wine tasting or something like that. And all of a sudden I'm drinking wine for the first time in my life. So yeah, no, I, I definitely tried. And uh, I had a lot of great people around me that were, um, that were trying to get me involved in different yeah. things that were going on over there. Oh, that's amazing that you had that support network around you and the fact that you threw yourself into the environment that you lived in. What, and I know this show is about exploring, but what advice would you give to young people coming through the ranks who are, you know, potentially looking ahead with a similar, similar route to you or are moving to a foreign country where they don't speak like, what would your advice be to that person who's maybe moving into a similar situation? Uh, I guess I would just, uh, would tell them that that it's going to be challenging, obviously, and not to assume that it's going to it's going to be a smooth transition. Yeah. Um, and then the biggest thing would be to just to find, obviously, to to hone in on their passion or their craft or whatever they're working on. Obviously, to have a very very singular focus, but at the same time, um, find find some outlets outside of that. So whether that's going for a walk, whether that's experiencing new things, whether that's trying new things there like when I was over there it was it was basketball all the time like sometimes we'd have two practices a day and it'd be very very tough but I kind of learned from some of my older French teammates that on those days off you need to like you can't just stay in your apartment you got to do yeah. something you gotta you gotta get out and stuff like that so I think uh, I think the main thing would just be yeah to obviously take each day day by day but also you know definitely experience experience as much as possible no, oh, that's amazing advice for anyone listening out there who's following the same route. So you've played in France and you said you were there from August to May. What, what was the next step after playing in France? 
Uh, so I had a pretty, I had an okay year. It was a little bit up and down as most rookie years go. And then I came home and I didn't get a contract for the, the first little while. So um, August came around and I didn't have a contract yet. September came around, I didn't have a contract yet. October finally came around where most seasons like officially kick off and I didn't have anything. So I, I sat down with my dad and I talked uh, to him and my agent was, I found out later on, this was a few years later on that my agent was receiving offers, but they were for a little bit less money than what I initially signed for. So he was just, he was just passing them off as no, we're not taking that. No, we're not taking that. Right. And he was really discussing those with me. So um, just sat down with my dad and he said, you know, if this agent is, is, isn't communicating very well and you feel like you need something else, maybe you should sign with someone new. And, by middle of November, I signed with someone new, and then I had a contract uh, shortly after in late December. So, fantastic. I, then, Where was that? Then I went to Cheshire in England. Okay. Right. Yep. So you went from France to England. Went from France to England. So I, I only did a short stint my second year um, in Cheshire, and it was really good. I, I enjoyed it. Um, the team was much more. Uh, my speed or demographic they're all young guys all for the most part we're all fresh out of university so it was a very different experience um, um, I definitely wasn't on my own and obviously um, with everybody speaking English it was it was a very different experience but I really enjoyed that as well an easier transition I can imagine yeah and I bet you they didn't take you on any wine drinking no, no, it was just straight snake bites and, uh, and pints. That's about it. So, yeah. Just living the dream. Living the yeah. dream. What wine taste and the snake bites. Yeah, exactly. I it's love Slippery slope, but really, really, you go downhill quick. And yeah. I can imagine, I can imagine that can happen with certainly young professionals who are living the dream of being a professional athlete. However, you can't train 24 hours a day. You certainly probably, you can't train nine till five. So there's a lot of free time I'd imagine you have. Yeah, I think in in France, we didn't have as much free time just because um, like England is a good standard, but France is just, you know, a few steps above that. So they have, you know, the the weight, the weights, required weight sessions and different physios and things like that. So there's more things that occupy your day. Whereas in England, there's you probably only practice one day a week or sorry, one. Yeah, uh, one day, um, one one session out of the day. And then. then you might have some other things, but you know, there's definitely a lot more free time, and obviously, and um, yeah, and people in people in the UK like to have a good time, and uh, I guess if you don't have a lot of things, if you don't have a lot of things filling your time as a professional, you can uh, you can definitely get sidetracked for sure. I like that. So you've went from France back to Canada, then you've moved to Cheshire. What was the step after Cheshire? So after Cheshire, I um, I had a we had a good team year in Cheshire and I had a good individual season so I was able to sign in Cyprus for the following year Um, and so I was in Cyprus for a little bit Um, I was there for two and a half months but then eventually got cut unfortunately and so I came home for a month and a half and then I ended up back out in England and where did you end up back in England Uh, in Worcester with the Worcester Wolves all right okay I've got family down in Worcester so I know the place well Um, and how long were you down in Worcester for? I was in Worcester from uh, January to May. Okay. January to May, so just the second half of the season. Right. And how, how has it been, certainly because this is all the beginning of your career, what was it like going 
from place to place. So, you know, you've went from France, you've went to England, then you've went to Cyprus, and you've been cut, and you've came home, and then you've ended up back in England. How does that affect you when you when you are uh-huh. moving around a lot and, and you're trying to play a regular basketball and trying to get in, you know get involved with the team and, and be more proactive with that? Yeah, it was um, it was pretty it was tough, I guess, because um, you're just bouncing around. So there's obviously a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of uncertainty in sport anyways, but definitely with overseas basketball, there's there's quite a bit. So, um, yeah, just kind of like always having to come in and maybe try and reestablish yourself and whatnot. And then also it doesn't it doesn't help getting cut and not getting signed as well. That's not good for your confidence and whatnot. You know, obviously it, for me, it I wouldn't say it necessarily, necessarily shook my confidence a ton, but it, I took a little bit of a hit. Um, but then it also, I think it just made me understand that I really wanted to play more and more, you know? Oh, so when, yeah. I got, when I got cut, I wasn't like thinking, oh, this is over for me. I was kind of like, no, like this is this is the only thing I want to do. I just need to refocus, need to do this and whatnot. So it, it kind of, those things maybe early on, maybe my career not being crystal clear and perfectly smooth yeah. for the first two or three years is probably what allowed me maybe to have a little bit of a longer career than I maybe thought I was going to have. No, it's good, and I like to explore because I think it's really important, especially for aspiring athletes. They realise, you know, people probably just go, "Yeah, Kai's a professional, professional basketball. He's living, he's living his dream." But actually, it's what you don't see. Yeah. And and the the troubles that you do have to, the hardships you have to go through. You know how it's it can't be an easy thing for a twenty two year old to leave to leave home, not not just stay in the country, but to move abroad. And then, actually, my contract hasn't been renewed. Yes, now I've been offered another one. No. It's not there, and I just think it's it's important that young people, especially aspiring athletes, realize that yes, you might be living the dream of being a professional athlete, but it's not plain sailing. Just because you've you've made it, if you want to say, you haven't. You know, you've always got to work to to be in the moment, and you are going to have struggles. You are going to have to make sacrifices, and it's how how you let those sacrifices and struggles def- define it. Really, you know, you've been cutting. You're saying it, it's knocked me a little bit. power. it drove me, it was my focus to become a better player. And, to really pursue basketball as a profession. So I think it's just really important for touching on that point and so young people can realise what, what what's out there. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Yeah, it's not always going to be smooth sailing, that's for sure. So your first two, three years, as you said, were maybe a little bit stop-start and it didn't necessarily go the way you wanted. Where, When was it when you, you found a little bit of, you know, I'm trying to think of the word here, but when you found some sort of level playing field where things started going a little bit smoother and you really hit the ground? It probably was that um, that season that I ended up in Worcester. So I thought I thought this Cyprus deal was going to be really good. And it was, you know, I was living in a beautiful place. That's the one thing that probably hurt us so much is that I had to get cut from Cyprus where I was 100 feet away from the beach and, yeah. um, and I had to go back to Canada in the wintertime. That was pretty tough. Um, but... <laughs> Uh, no, it's once I signed with Worcester, I um, was able to be coached by Paul James, who's a great coach in the BBL and great guy, and um, forever thankful for him to give for me for giving me an opportunity halfway through that season. So I think I had a good year there, played with some great teammates, and then I was able to sign back and go back to Worcester the following year. And I think that's kind of where I started was able to find a groove a little bit because I was yeah. a Outside of France, that was the longest time over those last uh, two, three years that I've been with the team for that long. So it was yeah. kind of nice coming back to familiarity. And yeah, so I think from then, it kind of was able to get in a groove and we actually won a championship that year. So it was good. Wow. 
That's amazing. Yeah. How was it like winning your first championship? Uh, it was good. It was uh, it was very uh, it was long overdue because in university we didn't win anything. We right. like we were we were a solid team, but we only finished fifth in our conference. So it was uh, it was a few years since I had won anything. So I kind of forgot what it felt like, and it was uh, it was good. It was like being uh, being back in high school again. So yeah, it was a lot of fun. And was it a, was it a big motivator because you find people win a title and then you know that's it they want the next one, but you also find people who are just just really pleased to have won a title and they actually take their, their foot off the pedal and they're almost just going to you know a limp mode where they think yeah I've won one now and I find it hard to motivate myself again. Was that a massive? Was that a big motivating factor for you that pushed you on further? Uh, well, yeah, definitely to to try and win again, but. One good thing about winning a title, especially in overseas basketball when contracts are usually one or two years, is that it kind of can springboard you into the next contract and can springboard you into a, into another, um, into a better deal. So one of the things that I know that I was extremely motivated going into that season and my teammates were as well because there were some guys that wanted to come back and there's some guys that maybe wanted to win so that could open up doors for them. And I was one of the guys that wanted to win so that I could possibly open up some doors. I really enjoyed playing in Worcester, but I also had the experience of playing in France and Cyprus and getting in Europe. So I kind of wanted to get back to that and, and to see what opportunities were out there for me. Unfortunately, because we won, I was able to sign my next deal in Sweden, which, uh, which was a lot of fun. Um, what was that like living in Sweden? So you went to a third or fourth European country, sorry. Yeah, so um, it was really good. I um, it was uh, a very, very, very different to anywhere else I've lived. We were very far north in Sweden in Umeå, so there was uh, like twenty-four hour, like almost darkness and stuff like that at times. So I got over there in August, and it was—I remember it was twelve o'clock at night, and it looked like it was two o'clock in the afternoon. Really, well. And so that was a, that was a big adjustment. But then in the winter time, it gets very, very dark. And so that was, uh, that was a big adjustment as well. But the basketball was great. Um, the competition within the league was amazing. And once again, had some very, very good teammates and uh, had a lot of fun that year. Wow. So you've went to Sweden. You've, and how long were you in Sweden for, for the year again? I was just, yeah, in Sweden for one season. And then where did you go after Sweden? And was it back to England? And then after, after Sweden, I went back to England and played for the London Lions for the next two seasons. And how did that go? Uh, that was good. Our team was our team was pretty good. We had some up and like up and down parts of the season, but for the most part, we were pretty solid. And living in London is is like nothing like anything else I've experienced. Like the city is un unbelievable. Tons to do. It's I just it took me forever to get used to like going somewhere and there being literally fifty thousand people around you at all times. Yeah, it is a very busy like, city. It was weird. I just I don't know. It seemed like nobody worked, but then everybody worked at the same time. Like it was really strange. You just anywhere you went, you would see people, and you'd be like, "Don't these people have like jobs to be at or anything like that?" Like I've never lived in a city that big. You know, I'm from a city of two hundred and eighty thousand people. So, right, like, you yeah. know, whereas you know, if you travel on the tube on London for twenty minutes and you walk down, you know, down some of the high streets for twenty minutes, you might pass two hundred and eighty thousand people. So it's just <laughs> Yeah. So it was uh it was a very uh, very big difference uh for me, but it was I absolutely loved it. I loved that there were so many different people and so many different cultures and things like that. So it was great. Oh no, that's amazing. Where did you go after you were down at the London Lions? 
And then after that, it was up to Newcastle, where I've, I guess where I've been for the last three years. And the best city you've ever lived in, Kai? Is that what we're seeing? Yeah, second best. Uh, <laughs> second, second best for sure. No, <laughs> honestly, I thought New, I thought Newcastle was way different from playing for Worcester and and Cheshire and London and traveling up to Newcastle. I thought it was a way different city than it actually was. I thought it was very like industrial and and all this and stuff like that and i thought it was way bigger actually way bigger than it actually was but uh when i actually got there i really enjoyed it loved the people as i moved further and further north in the uk the people just got better and better and better so um once i got up to newcastle i actually really i really enjoyed my time there that's fantastic and how has it went with newcastle over the last three years pardon me how has it went with newcastle over the last three years yeah it's been good i mean there's been a lot of like change uh, with Newcastle for if there's not many people that might not know about that, but there's been a lot of change in terms of coaching and they moved into a new arena. And so it's been nice to be a part of that kind of a new change in Newcastle. And uh, it's been a great experience and they've definitely, they're doing things in the right way. So I always heard about Newcastle and how they operated and the things that they did. And uh, when I got there, it was, it was definitely all the stories and all the, all what we thought were maybe myths and stuff like that. Definitely, uh, they definitely, uh, they definitely came true. They did a really good job up there. You know, you're at Newcastle. What, what's, what's the next plan? Um, I'm not too sure. I'm just uh, uh, looking into a few different opportunities and then seeing what's, uh, what's going to come about. This whole COVID situation has really kind of thrown every, every league, every team for a loop a little bit, obviously, because a lot of teams are. There's some private money in teams, but a lot of it is comes from sponsorships and stuff like that. So with companies taking hits and the economy taking hits in different places, it's kind of just going to, it's going to be a very, a lot of late signings, I think this year, because teams are going to have to figure out what's going on. So I think um, for it to only be June, I think I probably won't really know anything for another month or so. Right. And is but the I'm idea not- to come back to England and play in the UK further? I would like to, I would like to. Yeah. We have, family and like my daughter was born in the UK and we we really like it there um this summer I'm actually going to be playing for a summer league team here in Saskatchewan so um there's a a Canadian league that operates in the summertime and that's supposed to be from a little tournaments going on so I'm supposed to be playing for them this summer and then after that that wraps up in August so hopefully in August I'll maybe have a contract in my hands and be able to go from there whether that's in the UK or anywhere else, but I just would like to keep on pursuing it for a few more years. That's fantastic. And what's, what's the aspirations beyond basketball? Um, I would really like to stay with the sport in some aspects. So whether that's uh, skills and development or strength and conditioning, I'm pretty passionate and into stuff like that. So um, yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to stay with the sport and, and eventually own my own business with a skills development company for basketball. Wow, that's fantastic. And I'm sure, you know, with that success that you've had through college and in, in, in England and across Europe, it's going to be, why not come, and, come to your, your schools? Yeah, that'd be, yeah, I mean, that's, I guess that's my thinking. So I, I guess I got to see if I can convince enough people. I might have to use you as an advertisement or uh, as a spokesperson. Tell everyone, we'll put it out there now. We'll put it out there yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, just before we do finish, is there any, have you got any regrets or anything that you wish you maybe stood a little bit different in your career? Um, no, I don't, not really. No, I think maybe 
I wouldn't say there's necessarily any regrets that I have with certain types of signings or anything that I've done there. Um, I guess one regret was that I wish I maybe would have, I would have traveled more in the off seasons okay. instead of coming. Instead of come, and you, oh, you're overseas for so long that sometimes you look forward to coming back home, yeah, having a break and then getting back to it. But one thing that I, if I could go back, I think I would have always planned a little bit bigger trip at the end of the season. So instead of flying, flying straight home from Sweden, yeah. I wish I maybe would have done a trip for two weeks and then came home, you know? So I think if I could go back, I wouldn't necessarily change anything in terms of basketball, but maybe change how I started my off seasons. I think that would have added to the experience maybe a little bit more. Kai, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on Hobby of a Lifestyle today. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on here, learn a bit more about your journey in basketball. And I just think it's a, 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 it's a massive inspiration for young people coming through and aspiring athletes, especially, you know, seeing people that travel from North America and come over to Europe and carve out a career you know, it, it isn't always easy, but you've made it work and in, in you're living your childhood dream. You know, you're a professional basketballer who has fortunately got to travel the world doing that as well. Yeah, thank you very much for having me on. I mean, I I don't think, uh, I think I've always been conscious of how fortunate I've been and whatnot, and I've truly enjoyed it. But I think when I'm old and gray and, uh, and I look back on it, uh, it'll make me smile for sure. Thank you for listening to another episode of Hobby of a Lifestyle. Hope you've enjoyed the show and we'll see you soon. Stay safe.